Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big podcast. We thank you very much for joining. This is your number one growing Big Ten football-specific podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. So this is your Week 11 painful recap. I It's only painful for certain people, but... Um, for half of us. <laughs> well, we've... Well, both of yeah, us, but I'm saying half of the viewers. That's true. Half of them are probably Every, elated. That's true. If yeah. we have full representation of the Big Ten Football Conference, every time they listen, once you get into conference, at least half of them Correct. Are, are, are feeling pain. So uh, two for two in the pain department for uh, Jeffrey. Right here. Absolutely. Yeah, so. But I'm used to the pain. You're, you're, star- the, you're starting to try to understand what this pain really is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to get. It's used not to fun. It. It's not it's funny. That's not, not great. No. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's go right into the weekly Eisman. All right. The Eisman Trophy candidates presented by the Downstairs Athletic Club. Now, are you ready for this, Greek? I am. Are you sure? I think so. Because this one's a little bit outside of the box here. Okay. First candidate, Drew Chrisman. Do you, know do, 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 do you know who he is, Big Ten football fans? <laughs> Punter, Ohio State University. Okay, had nine punts in the game. His first punt, do you remember what he did on his first punt? Four Awful. yards. Awful. Four yards. In his next eight punts, he proceeded to put six inside the 20, five inside of the 10, and four inside of the five. He pinned down MSU at the five, six, three one, and two yard lines. Okay, on two of those possessions resulted in a safety and a fumble for a touchdown. Yep. To me, he won that game. It was like watching a professional golfer dialed in with his irons and just absolutely just dropping darts on the green yep. over and over and over again. Okay, next one. The Minnesota Golden Gophers defense. Who are these guys? Where did they come from? Are, are we sure that they so did? The whole unit, the whole unit. The entire unit gets nominated. They gave up. See, this is good because I was obviously looking at the stats before you came over and we started recording. I'm like, I don't know where he's going for the uh, weekly. Right. It was, so this is good. This okay. Is good. So they give up 233 yards to that vaunted Purdue offense. Ten points, seven which were garbage points. O of 12 on third down. Wow. It, they gave up 430 yards rushing to Illinois just last week. It's insane. Incre- incredible. Isaiah Bowser. Sorry, 31 of rushes for 165, one touchdown. But I'm also nominating the Northwestern offensive line. For sure. Because this is a this is a team could not run the ball as recent as, what, two weeks ago? Yep. Three weeks ago? They go for 165 on one of the best front sevens in the country. Finally, this one is partially just to piss off IU fans. Peyton Ramsey, 16-28, 243, two touchdowns. Also ran for a touchdown through to eight different receivers. Point being is that Indiana fans aren't a huge Peyton Ramsey. And I think they just really need to appreciate who he is and what he gives them. I mean, they're in a position to make a bowl, and they probably knocked Maryland out of bowl contention. Right. Yeah. So who are you going with? I'm, I'm taking the punter, man. I mean. <laughs> I don't blame you. Because, you know, I mean, what have we been talking about is I typically take players in the big games right. that have the best performances. Of course, typically when I'm thinking about that, I think it's going to be a quarterback, running back, right. maybe a really good defensive end. But by gosh, it's a punter this week. And that's 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 my choice. Did you hear him getting interviewed? The 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 uh, sideline reporter said, 
have you ever been interviewed like this before in this situation? He goes, no, of course not. <laughs> it was awesome. So I'm going with the Minnesota defense just because, sure. man, much maligned, you know, horrible unit up until this week. Right. Fired the defensive coordinator and suddenly just stymied one of the best offenses in the country. Yep. I'm going Minnesota D. All right. Yeah. There we go. All right. So that well, moves us through the weekly Eisman. We will get right into the games. First one up, and of course we're going uh, through these chronologically with the Big Ten game of the week last, uh, just following the same sheet that we went over for our podcast uh, last week. And so starting off, we've got Nebraska 54, Illinois 35. Mm. Nebraska with 606 yards of total offense. Mercy. Illinois with 509 yards yeah. of total offense. So over 1,100 yards yeah. of total offense in this game. And I got to tell you, it seemed like more yards than that. I was actually kind of surprised that it was, yeah. there was only 1,100 yards when I looked it up. So defense was optional in this game, and I think both teams opted against defense. Yeah. We don't want to play it. Yeah. My but, joke that I put out there was, why are they playing this Big 12 game in November on the Big Ten Network? Right. So I think this kind of went as we expected it to, right? It did. We expected both teams to score a lot. We expected Nebraska to win. They barely covered. But – the the decider here was turnovers, obviously, yep. right? Yeah. So Illinois had five, Nebraska two, but really it was kind of six for Illinois because they had that strip sack, easy recovery, and the it, the ball just squirted out. Yep. Uh, so it was it was certainly turned on big plays, and two of the biggest plays were were on special teams, which. Completely went away two from Illinois. Punts. Yeah, two. I mean, Ugh. I don't know. Maybe a muffed punt is even worse than an interception. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as twenty a pick seconds six. before the half yes, and they score to, to seal it up because Illinois had just took some momentum away from Nebraska with that late second quarter score, right? And and, and then forced or forced Nebraska to punt. You're like, okay, we're gonna get into the second half. This is still a game. It was over after that, essentially. Well, and the thing is, with a high-scoring game like this, I think turnovers maybe are more important than a low-scoring hmm. game because low-scoring games, you're probably not gonna score. You give up the ball, okay? That's one way of looking at it. They're probably not gonna score. They were scoring every. Both teams are scoring on every possession. Yeah. So you're basically giving up a score and giving it to the other team. I, I felt like these game these teams were a little bit more evenly matched than I had anticipated with that In being what set. Um, I mean, it's not like Illinois doesn't have talent on offense. They, they, well, they there's a reason hey, they're moving the ball. They on ran the for 383. Yeah. That's no joke. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're averaging what probably 260 on the ground per game this year. Right. Last year, they averaged 105. Yep. I mean, this is a potent offense. It, uh, Potent running offense. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, overall, it's a good offense. It's a potent running offense. You know, um, the one thing I would say is watching the, the game, um, I felt that there was a better chance that, okay, neither defense was going to stop no. the offense. Correct. Neither defense. What nope. I thought was there was a better chance that Illinois 
would screw up something, a misthrow, a dropped pass, as opposed to Nebraska, who did not look like they were going to be stopped running the ball, throwing the ball, catching the I ball agree. The, whole, the whole day. But as we've seen from Nebraska for most of the year until really the last two or three weeks, they're the ones shooting them on the themselves in the foot right yeah so we kind of expected that time illinois does that too but in this game illinois was the only one shooting themselves in the foot and it mostly came off of special teams and just fluke turnover plays yeah well a couple neither, of neither defense looked good there, there's i mean both defenses all right looked. let's be honest both defenses are absolutely atrocious yeah i don't think there's much you can do at this point in the season for either defense it, it is it is what it is but let's say nebraska is the one shooting themselves in the foot as they did most of the year, and Illinois plays a clean game. What's the score here? Probably uh-huh. flipped, right? I think Nebraska's the better team. I think the better team won on Saturday. I agree I with you. There's any question yeah. with that. Um, I think if these teams play 10 times on a neutral field, Nebraska wins eight or nine of them. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Eight. Nine's a little excessive. Okay. Eight. Let's go seven and a half, eight. Okay. Somewhere right. around there. But um, yeah, but the fact of the matter is. Illinois is not going to beat a lot of teams on the road turning the ball over like that. And Correct. Nebraska is certainly one of them. And, again, you look at Illinois, discipline, coaching, the little they just don't do the little things to get the job done. Correct. Which, you know, you could say the same for Nebraska for most of their games this year, but they have cleaned it up a lot. So let's give Nebraska some credit here. Yep. But the biggest difference probably is just – the overall stellar play from Adrian Martinez. Oh, my God. It, it's the same thing every week with that guy. Guy's amazing. Yep, I mean, he's very good. So, Illinois on defense looked completely hopeless against this offense. Yep. It was almost as if Nebraska had more guys on the field than Illinois. Like, it didn't matter what they – okay, let's do an inside zone run. Let's let's pass down the, yep. down the side. Of the, didn't matter. There, there was – it just looked like there were not enough Illinois players to cover – Everyone on Nebraska. And typically was, when you have that feeling that, that I swear they have 12 guys on the field feeling, it's because they have a quarterback that's a dual threat quarterback, which is obviously right. what Adrian and, Martinez is. And Illinois is helpless against dual threat quarterbacks this year. What you called. So with the win, that moves Nebraska to 3-7 and seven overall, 2-5 and five in the Big Ten. Illinois falls to 4-6 and six overall, 2-5 and five in the Big Ten. Next up. Kind of a crazy game. Indiana, 34. Maryland, 32. Indiana with 374 yards of total offense. Maryland with 542 yards of total offense with 353 of that being on the ground. Maryland rushed for over 350 yards on the ground and didn't win the game. How do you pull that off, Kurt? Uh, I would say by having four turnovers. Yes, you that, turn the ball over four times. And, and okay, let's tack on 10 penalties for 93 yards. And meanwhile, Indiana has one turnover, three penalties for 39 yards. So don't tell me penalties don't matter. They exactly. matter. Obviously, just playing clean in general is always going to help your team win games. We'll be getting to a team later that's uh, made their living off of that. Um Peyton Ramsey, just fine. He was good. Stewie Scott, it's a done. just fine. He he did he did sure. good, but it, nobody was great. No, right? there there it wasn't it wasn't anything that you looked at while hmm. watching this game where you're like, wow, this this guy's really 
taken the game over. In fact, if you were going to say it, it would have probably been on the other side of the ball with Maryland, you know, just, just basically doing what they want. What's crazy is if you would have told me that, you know, some somebody, in, again, in the flex capacitor and, you know, DeLorean comes back, okay. and, and the only thing he told me was, Maryland's going to rush for 353 yards. I would have put my house on Maryland winning the game. I would have put your house without your knowledge right. of, of Maryland <laughs> winning <laughs> And I would game. have been okay with yeah, it if you yeah. told me afterwards. And somehow they, they lose well, it. Well, and what's that, that little algorithm where you, you look at the stats and post-game you say this team had – X percentage of winning. I didn't see that in this game, but I I guarantee you Maryland would be the heavy favorite to win this game based on stats alone. Another way stat of looking at it would be the stat where they just show if you have a negative one uh, uh, turnover margin, a negative two, a negative sure. three, a negative four. Once you get into that negative two, negative three turnover, you're you're at like right. a ninety five percent chance to lose the game. Right. Um, so one of our friends of the show, uh, Tim Chapman. At champion underscore lit, he put Peyton Ramsey on his what was it three quarter season most All underrated, underrated team. Lit. Yeah, and and I agree with him. I, uh, IU fans are not fans of Peyton Ramsey, but I think they should be. I mean, he's 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 not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. So I'll talk out of two sides of my mouth here a little bit. Um, I agree with both you and Indiana fans. I see what you're saying. He's won some games, you know, they're on the eve of bowl eligibility with on the other side with Indiana fans. He, he does do some boneheaded perplexing things and you see that there could be more from the offense well, if, if he improved. And potentially you do have more with Penix waiting in the wings, right? Yes. And they've seen that. Mr. Four star. They've seen the talent, right? So they're salivating at the Correct. mouth, but that does at the in, same right. time, he's a, serviceable Big Ten quarterback that can get you to a bowl game. Right. And you're in a position to go to a bowl game. They're very close to doing that. All right, so with the win, Indiana moves to 5-5 five and five overall, 2-5 and five in the Big Ten. Maryland falls to 4-6 and six overall, 3-4 and four in the Big Ten. It's about a 95% lock that they are not going to make a bowl this year. Next up, Penn State 22, Wisconsin 10. Penn State with 343 yards of total offense. Wisconsin with only 269 mm. yards of total offense. Um, here's my thought process on this, starting with Penn State. Is okay. they're gonna okay? Their next two games are Rutgers and Maryland. There's okay. a there's a very good chance that they're gonna win those sure. games. Um, if so they if let's say they win nine their and bowl, three, right? Right. If they win their bowl game, they're they're gonna f- probably finish right at the top 10, very close to it. Yeah. Long story short, they're talking about fan bases that have been angry this year. Penn State's fan base has been angry. Sure. Um, I'm just looking, just real quick look back, but they they were angry with how they looked versus, um, at the beginning of the year, versus um, uh, small school. Oh, um, App, App, App State. State. Sure. App State turned and, out to be a very explosive. And we both said, don't get upset by this. Yeah, because we don't know how good App State is. Now, App State's dropped a couple games, but... Yeah, but it's still a really good look, team. Long story short, as you look over the season, all of their losses are going to wind up being versus Big Ten East heavyweights. Right. And it was in a year where they had a ton of transition at almost every skill position, and then their entire Very, defense. very young on defense. I think if you're a Penn State fan... Shouldn't you be encouraged? I would think so. Yeah. This defense was young to start yep. the year. It's still young, it's, but now it's got some experience. Long story short, 
I think they've gotten better. They've never gave up on the season, even when yeah. it was pretty much apparent they weren't going to win the Big Ten for the last several weeks. They kept fighting. And McSorley has been hurt for Correct. how many weeks now? Yep. Um, in my notes here, I have written down, so just going over to Wisconsin right now, no QB equals no win. That's correct. They just have awful I mean, quarterback two, play. So uh, Jonathan Taylor has a hu- pretty huge game. You yeah, know, not a bad game, right? He had 185 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So that 185 yards, so that's of their 269 yards of total offense. That's, right. That's their whole offense. I mean, he busted a huge run to start the game. You're like, uh-oh. Is Wisconsin going to yeah. kind of wake up after that? I mean, basically, Penn State just put the clamp on. At some point, you you have got to be able to have a vertical passing game yeah. in order to move the ball. And and they kept feeding Taylor. It's not like, you know, he didn't get carries in the second half. No. Of course, you know, last couple drives when you just had to throw the ball to win this game, Can't they weren't it. giving it to him. But Cohen, oh, mercy. Yeah. This guy was 2 of 4 for 10 yards in the first half. I think the smart Wisconsin fans knew when Hornybrook went down that it wasn't necessarily a good thing. In yeah. the end, everybody knows more about what's going on in the Nebraska, or in the uh, Wisconsin quarterback room than Paul Chris knows what's going on in the quarter in the Wisconsin Correct. quarterback room than anybody else. This guy would have been playing at some point in the year if he really thought it right. was the better option sure. over Hornybrook. I know they've got a big recruit coming in. But yeah, they, they do've got they've got a four star guy coming yep. in, I believe. I can't remember his name. But. And and that's what Wisconsin is missing right now. They they have yeah. to get healthy on defense and they have to have a step up at quarterback. They do need and to get healthy on defense again, but but don't they graduate a bunch of offensive linemen? This could be an opportunity for the West. I mean, I'm, I think I'm not. I I wouldn't be too concerned about what Wisconsin's offensive line is going to yeah, look like. Yeah, okay, touche. But I think forty years. If you're a fan of a big West or a Big Ten West team, saying, right? You can see Wisconsin taking a step back, perhaps, the next but year so. also, you know, we're maybe overreacting to the fact that they just they just had a lot of injuries this year, and well, it, this did. just is not Wisconsin. I mean, Miles Sanders had a huge day running the ball. Yep. You just typically did not see teams go off running the ball against right. Wisconsin like that, and you're just seeing a lot of success against Wisconsin's defense. Well, and like they'll get that, that Wisconsin defensive factory going again. They'll stamp out a bunch of right. linebackers and defensive tackles and whatnot, and yeah, probably next next year they'll just be Wisconsin again. But not this year. I, not I, this I, year. I mean, it is officially, you know, a, uh, a, a not what Wisconsin fans were expecting this year. Um, I'll do them first, I guess. That uh, loss falls. They, Wisconsin falls to six and four overall, four and three in the Big Ten with the win. Penn State moves to seven and three overall, also four and three in the Big Ten. Next up, Michigan forty-two, Rutgers seven. Michigan with four hundred and fifty-three yards of total offense. But what do you expect? Rutgers two hundred and fifty-two yards of total offense. Pretty encouraging. Um, basically. I don't think it's uh, unfair to say that Michigan slept walk into this game. I mean, the yeah, first. I mean, what one play? Right. I mean, it's really just one. Play. It, it really was one. Yeah. And what we're talking about Isaiah is Isaiah Pacheco had that eighty-yard. Was it eighty-yard yep. run? Yep. And, and so after that, well, this is this is not bad though. After that, they still had one hundred thirteen yards rushing. In, in all which honest, is saying something. Yeah, he wound up having a pretty good day overall right. um so yeah but 
other than that, I don't know how much there is to say about well, this, this game. Well, this is exactly what we expected. It was literally exactly. Literally exactly. I mean, Vegas like was said, almost dead on with uh, yeah, we were that, predicting the But score. Rutgers covered? Rutgers did cover, and Rutgers, it was an under, too. We it, called that as well. So, Oh, yeah. did it make the under? Yeah, it was under. What was the what was the total? I, I, I think it was... It was like fifty-one or forty-nine. It was right. It was just okay. Barely. So it had to be close. Yep. But um, yeah. There's not much to say about this game. I mean, Michigan is just practicing at this point, right? Yeah. The one thing I would say is that um, I I feel like maybe a little bit of attention should be put on Shea Patterson at this point. Okay. In what he, way? Here's he's gotten better and better and steadier so. and steadier yeah. all season. Um, this isn't a horrible Rutgers defense. This is a no, their defense Rutgers is, defense. is had, not good, but it's not bad. Either. Right. He had three touchdowns in this game. Very yep. efficient game. I just wonder if maybe uh, people should uh, relearn the fact that Jim Harbaugh is pretty good at developing quarterbacks yeah. and, melding together what his quarterback does with his offense or vice versa. Okay. There was a time not that long ago where every, it was, it was just universally accepted that Jim Harbaugh was one of the greatest quarterback whispers of our time. I mean, think about Andrew Luck at Stanford, the quarterbacks he took with San Francisco into the super bowl and almost into the super bowl that have never done the running guy. Yep. he, I mean, he turned Jake Rudock into a you know he ten did? win oh, quarterback. Wow. I mean, I'm just that, saying like there has been a lot of success that you can point to. Then there was a little bit of a lull for whatever reason, maybe mm-hmm. just because you know. Well, the, the proverbial you can't. T- I think it was personnel. Correct. You can't turn <laughs> chicken shit into chicken shit salad at some point. You can't polish a turd. Correct. And. I, <laughs> Uh, Shea Patterson is a definite step up with that, and I think Harbaugh's well, got it working right no now. No doubt, and I'm just wondering, as they get deeper and deeper into the season, are they going to start unleashing Patterson more as a runner? I think so. I think so, And too. just more personnel in general. Tariq yeah. Black, all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah Tariq Black definitely didn't weapons. have any stats, by the way. I yeah, I, I don't that... think they were really playing him too much in this game. I think they're still kind of Yeah, well, good out, point. So. Uh, Rutgers, no reason to, yep. to play him there. Yep. So with the win, Michigan moves to 9-1 and overall, a perfect 7-0 in the Big Ten Rutgers falls all the way to one and nine overall. Oh, and seven in the Big Ten. Next up, holy buckets, Minnesota forty-one. Yes, sir. Purdue ten. Minnesota with four hundred and fifteen yards of total offense. Even more surprising, (laughs) Purdue with only two hundred and thirty-three yards of total offense. So simple lesson here: Big Ten athletic uh, ads and head coaches. If you're having a stagnant season, things just aren't looking good. You just can your defensive coordinator. Exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you win you the next one. Good, you get one good win. You get one good win after that. But so, in all, in all honesty, I mean, a lot of uproar up here in the Twin Cities oh, media yeah. and people standing up for Fleck. People, you know, trying to throw dirt on his grave, saying mm-hmm. that it's showing signs of weakness with him. You know, uh, firing his defensive coordinator. Oh you know, no. There's there's a lot of football. There's still you know a lot of football left to be played this year and you know into flex career but the fact of the matter is that was a dramatic one week turnaround for the minnesota defense i would say it was even better than illinois firing hardy nickerson yeah i mean i'm watching this game and my only thought was the elaine from seinfeld line i'm speechless yeah i'm without speech i have no speech this was maybe the most unexpected game I, I'm I'm going to compare it to Purdue versus Ohio State. This was more shocking to me. Hmm. Okay. I, um, I, I, so 
okay, so Minnesota comes out, kind of punches Purdue in the mouth. Like, they were not expecting what was happening. Yep. Our boy, Muhammad Ibrahim, yep. he, he looked physical and tough. Oh, my God. That guy's a, a great runner. But I feel like the, Purdue reached the second quarter and decided, you know what? We didn't expect this tough defense. We didn't expect this weather. We just want to get the hell out of here. They gave I tell up. You what, um, because, and it wasn't – it was because Minnesota kicked their ass so bad. Yeah, no, you got to give Minnesota credit with it. What is interesting, okay, and this could play into news that, you know, we got today uh, that could affect the Big Ten. We'll get to that. We'll get to we'll that. Get but, to that. <laughs> um, it, maybe Jeff Brom's offense with his upbringing in a warmer climate yeah. just doesn't work so great into these bad temperatures. Well, and the only reason I bring it up is because they didn't look good two weeks ago in Michigan State. That was right. a cold, rainy, sloppy game. Uh, the the there It wasn't raining or snowing so much in Minnesota, but definitely cold, blustery day that they were playing in. I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm just trying. Is, well, is it was, the only it was reason, snowing. Yeah, no, is the only reason that Purdue got shut down was no. because because they now I will say this when you have a new defensive coordinator a couple subtle changes something that they just oh haven't gosh. been showing and then an ex a, a straight X's and O guy like Brome maybe there was something that you know they just hadn't seen and it just it just completely affected their game plan or maybe it has a little bit to do with the weather I think it has a little bit to do with the weather but I think it mostly has to do with them getting punched in the mouth right out of the gate okay. and they just didn't expect that yeah and I mean, you looked at Blau on the sideline. He just didn't seem to care. No, there was Nobody definitely a lot care. of Purdue fans wondering why, because Brom was so tough on quarterbacks. Most people thought that he was going to get pulled at some point, but he stuck with them. Well, yeah, he at the very end, Sipe came in. But yeah, um, it, it, going back to what you were saying about uh, Purdue, I don't know. Tiller had a, a great career pa- pitching the ball over the, the field. I'm sure that you know, Brown's going to be fine, but it was an unusually cold weekend up yeah. here too. Yeah. You're not going to run into that too often. It's just interesting. I mean, again, we're not trying to take anything away from the Minnesota performance. It oh was, no. It was a huge response and they deserve all the kudos in the world, but it's just also interesting for the Purdue side of things. Right. So Muhammad, he had 18 rushes, 155. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Williams also had a great game, nine rushes for 68 and a touchdown. Tanner Morgan, just solid okay, game. just okay, yeah. yeah. But yep. But I mean, Tanner Morgan could throw the ball. Blau, Minnesota kid, not so much. Yep. With the win, Minnesota moves to five and five overall, two and five in the Big Ten. Minnesota's definitely got a chance to make a bowl game. Oh yeah. Purdue falls to five and five right. overall, four and three in the Big Ten. The genius is only at five and five. All right. Next game up, Northwestern seventeen. Mm. Iowa 14 Northwestern with 306 Uh-oh. yards of total offense. Iowa with 303 yards of total offense. Um, I want to start with Northwestern because we should. So Northwestern Absolutely. just, um, they wrapped up the big 10 West. Um, Champs. a lot of going to Indy, a lot of shade, you know, to, to talk like the young, the young folk was thrown yeah. at Northwestern's way. The big 10 West's, way sure um and it will continue it will definitely continue yeah i want to say this though um northwestern is the greatest team 
if not in the Big Ten, in all of the country. And what I mean, I get by what that, you're saying. Okay. I know exactly what you're saying. Okay. And and in my notes, I have written down coaching, 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 coaching. Yep. This is the best coach team and in the Big players Ten. Players accepting that coaching, accepting right. that coaching, and again. doing the right things. They do everything that the bad teams don't. They Correct. do all the little things right. Um, I can't remember exactly what point in the game was, but essentially Iowa had given the momentum away to Northwestern. And I said, look, if you're going to beat Northwestern, you have to get on them, stomp them out, and just get them so far out of their game plan where they realize it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa wasn't doing that. Nope. That's, that is for sure. Once it is one of those games where it looks like it's going to come down to a play here or a play there, it swings, where Northwestern it swings just into 90% chance that Absolutely. Northwestern is going to pull that game on. That is exactly how this game went. Iowa actually somewhat did come back at that point, and they took the lead 14-10. to 10. And then, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know this this individual existed, but okay. Bennett Skoroanek. Oh, no, we, we mentioned him okay, last we week, I think, right. or two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. He had a Unbelievable great... catch oh, my God. in the back of the end zone. It wasn't like the coverage was bad. And oh, no. It was just a great an, effort. An amazing effort to come up with in that Absolutely. game to win it. Um, I mean, Clayton Thorson, not a good day. I mean, well, under 150 yards passing. We two, talked about two that. picks. Yeah, I we mean, it's four about weeks in a row Correct. where they're almost winning in spite of Thorson. And how, how about this? Beginning of the year, they can't run the ball to save their lives. At all. Thorson gets, gets them wins, chucking the ball all around. Inexplicably, Thorson goes into the freezer, and then Isaiah Bowser comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And the Iowa True defenders freshman. were quoted after the game saying, that wasn't the, the game plan we thought they were going to do. We mm, thought it was just really? going to be running the ball to try to offset the pass, and they just kept running it and running it and running yeah, it. And, and that is great offensive coordinating by Northwestern. You right. have and, to give them credit. And there was a lot of people, a lot of Northwestern fans, oh, yeah. that wanted that guy gone midseason. And I kept saying, look, part of the reason you guys are good is you don't change anything. Yeah, You have the same coordinators year after year. The, the players know the system. That's one of the reasons you're good. Don't get rid of them. And, yeah, great job by him. But watching Isaiah Bowser, this guy, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he just keeps his legs moving. He does. And keeps he's a physical runner. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's very good. Um, on the other side, so for Iowa, all right. Um, yeah. I, was trying to, I was trying to break this down in my head, but <laughs> essentially in fandom, okay, all right. on the way too light side of things as far as how – how you follow your team. You got Pac-12 fans, right? They they might watch their team. They they might go out for a wine party instead of watching their, you know, they right. they're not real fans. Then on the all the way on the other side, you got crazy SEC fans uh-huh. that literally poison one week trees ago, and poison trees murdered yeah, murdered two people. LSU murdered sure. an Alabama fan after the game. I mean, so obviously I don't want to be on either side no. of that spectrum. My guess is I'm in the middle, leaning towards the right, <laughs> leaning towards taking things. Leaning to, towards the poisoning of Well, trees. you know, just taking things more seriously. But so, not the murder. Right. Um, I think there were a lot of Iowa fans taking this loss tough. Um, well, I logged off Twitter. I was like, it's not I don't blame good you. for me to be on there. Um, but I tell you what, I, I think I have the, the right 
to be pissed. I'm a former player. I've been following this program well, for 30 years. Okay. And and another thing, and then I'll let you go. But another Please. thing is, there is this misnomer out there that yeah, if Kirk Ferentz just goes six and six or seven and five every single year, we're fine with it. We're Iowa fans are they saw the potential of this team. That's what I was. And, and, get and to. another thing I want to say is like you know. Again, I'm just like anybody else, texting with your buddies and your brothers and stuff like that. Um, I don't think Iowa fans were being delusional just as recently as three or four weeks ago to think that this was an overall very good team. True true or false? Uh, There's no doubt. In fact, if you remember several weeks ago, I was kind of kicking myself because I almost picked Iowa to win the West in our preseason show. If you go back to the preseason show, I did pick Wisconsin, but I picked Iowa to finish second. And I, but I, at the time I wanted to pick Iowa and I wouldn't let myself do it. And then mid season, they were looking so good. And I'm thinking, man, I missed my opportunity to look so (laughs) to look amazing. But anyway, long story short, but they've tailed off. And, and, and I, I can understand where you're coming from, from if you're an Iowa fan, you're disappointed just because you see so much more. There you go. I mean, this is a team that, if you look at the lineup, has absolutely the potential to win the West. Okay. And and to me, I think they are the best team in the West if you look at just the lineup on paper. But and I just want to I just want to say that is not I am I am the Iowa fan. Kurt is not. Hold That's on. him saying it. So. And Ferentz is known to kind of coach up, but he's coaching down this year. Ference is known for coaching up and down. That is the problem. Okay, well, and this, this year was is a coaching game down where it looked like the finger was over the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to water. Basically, there should have been an aggressiveness going against a young and very beat up Northwestern. The, secondary. the defensive backs, yes, and absolutely. Brandon Smith was out. That's a big loss. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But that brings us to the other perplexing part of this is you have talent with Amir Smith-Marset. That guy is speedy and explosive. Yep. And, oh, by the way, Noah Fant, who is almost almost without so- doubt is going to be the number one tight end taken in the draft. He so looks anyways, so good sitting on the bench, though. Doesn't he? We don't know what's going on. There is – I just know that there is something going on. Hmm. There is a fracture of – could be like and uh, the coaches. I don't know. I don't want to pretend to know how much is happening inside the locker room. Yeah. Something is up and yeah. it is affecting the offense, which in mm. turn affects the whole team. All right. So I, I missed this tweet. I tried to go back and find it. Couldn't find it. Is this true? There are only two Iowa receiving touchdowns on the year that were yards after catch where they caught the ball in the field of play and ran it into the end Interesting, zone. Interesting, because Amir Smith-Marset caught that one in the end zone. Okay, he, yeah. and the longest TD run of the year is 15 yards. Is that right? The rushing has been a disappointment. So what when, that tells me overall is they just there is a lack of a explosive playmaking on offense. Now, ironically, it's from the running backs. If you asked most Iowa football fans right now, we see that there is talent at receiver. Now you're counting yeah. fan. In with that. Amir Smith, Marset's good. Brand Smith has been good too. Um, it Hawkinson has been amazing. I mean, that guy's a weapon. I'll be honest with but, you. I think TJ Hawkinson is the best tight end in the country. He's up there, and I appreciate. No, um, he he is the best. He's better than fans. I tell you one thing overall. that we don't have the best of right now is running backs. They're no. solid running backs. Yeah, they're but, okay, but they they're aren't fine. take game over running backs. No. The fact of the matter is, if you are going to have explosive runs on offense, you cannot block all the players all the time. 
there has to be a time where a running back That's makes a, good point. A, a, a person miss yes. or a two people miss Correct. in order to have an explosive run, and our guys just aren't doing that. Another no. crazy stat, too, and this just fits right into Northwestern. Iowa's running backs did not have a single fumble going into this game. Not okay. one all year. Really? They had two in the fourth quarter to seal the game. For well, and the one, the guy, it was almost like he was playing for Illinois, like barely grazed the ball, and it just exploded out of his hand. Yep. Those are the things that happen. Yeah. And indeed. you got to give Northwestern credit because they are going to hang around, and when there's a chance to make those plays, they make them. Oh, boy. With the win, Northwestern moves to 6-4 and four overall, 6-1 and one in the Big Ten. Iowa falls to 6-4 and four overall, a very disappointing 3-4 and four in the Big Ten. Last game in the Big Ten is the Big Ten game of the week. Ohio State 26, Michigan State 6. Ohio State with 347 yards of total offense. Michigan State with 247 yards of total offense. And I guess what I kind of wrote with this is, for Ohio State, they kind of took two steps forward and two steps back type of deal. Yeah, um, I can see that. Now, and what I'm talking about is their defense certainly looked a lot better in this game. Yeah. But but their but offense against, struggled quite a bit. But they ran for 120 yards against an amazing Michigan State front. And we had talked on the podcast last week we about did. what exactly is – Ohio State going to do for and we a game thought plan. They were going to establish the run, right? They tried and tried and tried all game until they finally started popping some runs and and getting it. But and, and again, I'm telling you, uh, the biggest reason they had the chance to do that is because is of that punter. punter. Oh my gosh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and let's say his name again, Drew Chrisman. This guy, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen from a punter. Yeah, don't you agree? Absolutely, it was amazing. Um, you looked at uh, Michigan State's uh, rushing attack. Yeah, their leading rusher was uh, Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> with that's okay, right. So You're he right. had the, look at look at their rushing stats. They did not have a running back that had f- over five yards of rushing in the game. The that, leading rusher was Rocky Lombardi at forty nine yards. Right. He had a forty seven yard run. That actually, is it. That was the only. Actually, did you know the combination of the running backs for Michigan State had six carries for five yards. That's how bad it was. Oof. That was how bad. Michigan State's offensive line got owned by Ohio State's defensive line. But I I, I think you got to give credit to Ohio State. Finally, they're kind of establishing themselves, maybe. So, really, the question comes down to, did they establish themselves, or is this kind of Michigan State? Because it looked like, it I mean, quote-unquote, looked not like... that bad, are they? No, they're, they're not. They're not. But... There is a look and a style to Michigan State's football games. Yeah, we were we pretty much saw that all day. And oh, by the way, the weather wasn't fantastic either. It didn't, you know, lend itself to an explosive game offensively. No. But it, another thing I want to point out is, again, I don't want to bang on the guy too much, but Dwayne Haskins just doesn't look comfortable right now. He has not looked comfortable. No, the last it's been two a few weeks, weeks, right? There are. Second and long and third and long yep. throws that are there. And he's making his mm. wide receivers twist and turn and move back for the ball way too much. And he's just he's just not putting it on him. I don't know what's going on there. Then they threw in Tate Martell at one point, which I, I, I got to think at some point he becomes part of the offense. Has right? to. Has to at this point. So I don't know. I don't know how this is working out between 
what I think is probably somewhat of a philosophy, or if you want to go real deep, a power struggle between Urban Meyer and Ryan Day on what mm. they want to do offensively. I like this. Something is going on there. But is, I, I would put I would put a large amount of money that both Ryan Day and Urban Meyer won't be on the Ohio State staff by the end of the bowl season. Oh, wow. I'm saying that both of them. One, no, no, no. One of the two. Okay. One of the two is not going to be there. So I, I imagine Herbs wants Tate Martell in there at some point. Okay. Because right? where I'm exactly so where I'm getting with this is, could we have if this was working great, could we have both for Ohio State, which is run Ryan Day's offense with Dwayne Haskins, right? Run Urban Meyer's offense with Tate Martell. Oh, right. by the way, I remember a certain quarterback combo at Florida right. where they did almost the exact same thing and they won a national championship with it could we not start seeing that because Tate Martell T- yep. did come in and provide a spark for yep. the offense it was Timmy Tebow and Chris Leak there you go back in the day um okay but anyways and, and it, by the way Chris Leak recruited by Ron Zuck yeah he was yeah. recruited hard by <laughs> Iowa too um well I imagine he's recruited by everybody but Ronnie Zuck yeah. landed Chris Leak um and I just want to say uh Okay, Ohio State with the win. They are nine and one overall and six and one in the Big Ten. Right. They got they, they, there was a couple teams in the AP, and I know it's the AP that moved in front of them. You go on the road and beat a ranked team by twenty points. That's crazy. <laughs> come on, come on. Give give Ohio State. Th- this is crazy to be saying this. Ohio State deserves more credit than they're getting a little right bit now. Can I tell a funny story? Uh, and then with the loss, Michigan State falls to six and four sure. overall, three and four in the Big Ten. Go ahead. Okay, for the listeners out there, my wife is from Romania. She knows as much about college football as an alien that you would drop onto the planet right now. And she was under the weather, so she was on the couch this weekend. So I was kind of taking care of her. It was funny because she had to watch football; she had no choice. Uh, football was on; she was on the couch. And I walked away from the TV for like fifteen minutes. And it was what nine, nine to seven, I think, or uh, after they scored the 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 safety, okay. nine to six, Something I guess like nine that, to yeah. six, and then all of a sudden it was sixteen to six, and I go, oh, what happened? Oh, she, it was so nice. Well, what happened? Well, they were at the gate, and the ball went up and over. It was it was so high and it was over and it was so nice, and I'm like. Okay, but what happened immediately before the ball went over the gate? And she's like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So it was that it was that Draymond Jones like fumble recovery in the end zone. All she cared about was the kick through the uprights. Yeah, sure. That was that was the most exciting part of the game for her. Well, some would say that the most exciting part of this entire game <laughs> involved the kicking game. So um oh by the way, and so we'll move into the the national games here. Did you see ESPN put out a tweet making fun of the Michigan state, Ohio state game? What? Yes. Saying how snooze fest, sloppy punt fest or something like that. Can you imagine Mississippi state and Georgia playing a game like this and them putting in any kind of tweet? You know, at this point, it's just there. It's so obvious what they're doing. I mean, they're so invested with the SEC financially, and it's just so blatantly obvious. They've gotten into onion zone. Yeah, this stuff, right? How they tweet stuff out in the headlines they put out. Unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Um, So, yeah, around the country, Oklahoma survives Oklahoma State. Oh, man. I didn't check the last stats, but I'm just going to guess there was 4,000 yards of total offense. It looked like it was insane. It looked like 
Illinois versus Nebraska. Yeah. Is what it looked like to me. I'll say this and much. This is a team that people talk about being in the college football playoff. By they the have way. no defense. They're terrible. If anybody stops Kyler Murray in any capacity, just makes him struggle a little bit. They're going to they're gonna get beat. Right. I mean, that's how oh, it's going to go. Uh, Bama beats Minnesota or beats Mississippi State by 24. <laughs> the spread? 23 and a half in that game. And I leaned Bama. Yeah. <laughs> and I took Mississippi State. I didn't take them uh, in the real world, I if leaned. you know what I mean. That was but my exact Half word. point cover by Bama. Georgia pretty much dominates <clears throat> Auburn. I think Gus Malzahn oh, is, is having a little uh, troubles keeping his fan base yeah. uh, in support of him. Clemson just kills Boston College. Um, yeah. I mean, there was nothing going on there. Notre Dame absolutely rolled as well. I don't know. It's just looking like the exact pretty much same college football playoff and teams. one of the reasons I hate it. Yep. I mean it sucks. It, it is hard for me. I understand that it's college football. It is very hard for me to see anything other than a uh, Alabama Clemson championship game. Well, let's not let's not discount Michigan here. Okay. I think you're not giving them enough credit. They still got. I, I want to see Michigan play one of those two teams. I do too. Trust me, and that would be the game that I would tune in the most for yep. in the college football playoff. Um, so yeah, uh, Bobby Petrino was fired. Glad you mentioned that. I have that in my notes. <laughs> he was fired. Uh, the scroll was or the the crawl during his his, his, his show. Game. During the He's Bobby Trino yeah, show. Yeah, it was like the show's called like In the Cards, you know, the Cardinal. <laughs> and the scroll comes underneath that he's fired. <laughs> do you think he knew before? I, 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 he definitely didn't know before he was taping the show. That's I mean, a lot nice. of times they tape that show. Yeah, okay. Like good the point. night before six o'clock in the God, morning or funny. whatever. But Poor Bobby. Um, so anyways, the whole reason that that is obviously news for the Big Ten is the obvious ties with Jeff Brome back to Louisville. Right. He's um, from Louisville, played at Trinity High School in Louisville, played at Louisville, obviously. I mean, he the Bromes are to Louisville what the Harbaugh's are to Michigan. Yeah. And, I mean, it is a... So what do you think? Like, okay, so we, we know coaches do not like adversity. They want the easiest path to victory. So is so here's what it comes down to. Is it easier to win at Louisville than it is at Purdue? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah. Pro, I would look at it more like this, pros and cons. Okay. The pros of staying at Purdue. You've already kind of built something. Yes, like you've it, already got something. You've right already now. got something. You're recruiting built. out the fan base loves you. Yes. Even after the most recent eyesore of Doesn't a loss, matter. they still love you. You've got like a five-star and, I don't know, five four-stars coming in next year, a four-star receiver. Yep. I mean, you, you've got the future laid out for you. And, oh, by the way, you have that Big Ten money coming in and coming right. in. Right, that's it a big one. It is one of the most financially secured places to but, coach in, in all the country. Allow me to retort. Louisville is one of the most corrupt athletic departments in the country. They're going to do whatever it takes to win. So you're using that as a pro. I'm using that as a pro. Okay. I guess I would maybe use that as a con. Because oh, no. They you're are wrong. so financially strapped right now. Yeah, they'll they, be they, fine. They're, they're, they have to buy out Petrino. It's like the, $24 million. They'll, they'll have somebody step up and take care of that. It'll be fine. So I know the old adage is if you got your coach, you'll find the money. That's Correct. your thought process there. It is. However, can I throw a wrench into the whole thing? What if uh, Clay Helton gets fired from USC? 
Well, that, that's not good news for Purdue either way, because then that means it's a bidding war for Jeff Brome to go either okay, out west. But if you're or, Jeff Brome, do you look at Louisville or do you look at USC? Well, you look at both, but I again, you, I can't. You can't put. You can't put it out there enough on how much Louisville is synonymous, <clears throat> synonymous with Brome and I vice agree. versa. I yeah. mean, this is his. I, and, and I thought okay, I read but, somewhere that he even has something in his contract about really yes about how Louisville specifically hmm. you know and I don't I don't know the details with that but I read that somewhere and it was on the Twitter sphere so obviously you got to take so that I go back to my thing about the coaches want the easiest path to victory USC to me if if they're calling you you answer and you go to USC you're definitely looking at that can um, you imagine his offense with those players yeah it would be incredible. oh lord it would be an incredible i mean he could win a national championship there's no but doubt right now on the other side of it as far as the easiest path one of the first things i thought of in terms of louisville is if you get louisville up and running you you are at worst <laughs> the third best team in that conference <laughs> it's true i know right now well, i mean uh, so again that's like the easiest path to victory is it easier to win at louisville in the ACC, or is it easier to win at Purdue in the Big Ten? And I'm thinking it's probably Louisville, right? I maybe would put Purdue second or third as far as the easiest path to a championship out of USC, uh, Louisville, and Purdue. Well, they're no higher than two, but they're probably three. Right. I'm sorry. It just, to me, it's a it's it's yeah, and and you know what? I'm glad you said that. I'm sorry if you are a Purdue fan listening to this, right? Because I, it's not fair. I mean, certainly there's been an excitement interjected in the program that they haven't had for a long time yeah, since Tiller. For a Purdue fan's sake, I hope Brome stays. Sure. Um, Hammer and Rails, we love those guys. Yeah, they're good dudes, and they don't deserve it. They don't deserve no. getting success from a good coach after a good hire. Just to have them ripped away. By the way, did you suck. see uh, Crimson Quarry? What their 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 new handle is? It's the Jeff Brome yeah. like representative Club, blog. Like, to, something to try like... to get them out of there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Indiana and Purdue going back and forth is pretty good. Uh, All right, so like, but I tell you one thing: that is going to be a cloud over the Purdue. Season. Oh, we're gonna hear nothing else but that for the next what three four weeks. Correct. Here. Until yeah. it, until it's hundred percent decided. So last thing up is, I don't know. This could be just as much on E News Network as it is on the Eyes on Big podcast. But Zach Smith suddenly got oh, yeah. active today on Twitter. Um, he did. My quote that I have is, you know, just because you're crazy doesn't mean you're lying. Um, mm. Someday we will on a different podcast. We'll let you tell your Jose Canseco. Stories. Oh yeah, yeah. But. Jose Canseco is a crazy man. There's no doubt about yes, that. Yes, I know this firsthand. Correct. But uh, it don't mean he didn't know what was going on in the major leagues in the steroid days. I guarantee he knew exactly what was going on. So I guess that is my thought process with Zach Smith. Good analogy. He has I like been that. behind the scenes with the craziness Correct. of recruiting and being on the road. But he is literally tweeting at, at Tommy uh, Herman. Tom, Crybaby. His wife saying how tagging the wife, yeah, saying I've seen your husband cheat on you multiple times. And would anybody be surprised? Uh, I, I mean, okay. So with that being said, I'm not. I'm saying not. He did. I'm not exclusively using Zach Smith as a point of reference here. Mm -hmm. Okay, but using Zach Smith as a point of reference on top of 
hopefully you can help me out here, but who was the quarterback, the opposing quarterback that Tom Herman made fun of in the locker room? Yeah, oh, boy, I don't know. Okay. What, what, when? When was this? This was like in the off season. He oh, did, I don't know. Yeah, he got videotaped making fun of an opposing quarterback. I don't remember I think that. it might have been the bowl game last year. Okay. There's, you know, the way he's handled press conferences, the fighting the in fighting. between Urban and, and Tom Herman. Well, what about the confronting mullet at, at, uh, at, Correct. at the 50-yard line after Correct. the game? Like, okay. tried to fight mullet when he played Oklahoma State just like two, three weeks ago. Okay. We have enough proof that I think Tom Herman's a dirtbag. Yeah, or and, at and least the crying, very, very easily. We lost unlikable. to Maryland. I'm gonna cry, and then oh, uh, Will Greer showed us up by holding the football out as he beat us with the two point coverage. Come on, this guy's I, a I, he's a loser. I officially, I've already officially, I officially, officially do not like Tom Herman. And I didn't like him before he even got hired by hmm. Texas. Hmm. I was, was just my starting position. to sniff out the douchiness, yeah. and now it's. It, the stench is overwhelming with Tom Herman. Okay. Right. Well, I've got one more thing that I want to throw out there. Did you see Davidson played San Diego, University of San Diego? No. Did you see what happened in this game? Davidson had, had six, like, 789 rush yards. That is. They lost. Because <laughs> it wasn't overtime, right? <laughs> I don't know if it was overtime. They lost 56 to 52. Uh, San Diego had 556 passing yards and won the game. I, the only thing I can think of for for <laughs> what was the totals again for rushing? So uh, okay, Davidson had seven hundred eighty nine yards. Seven eighty nine. Do you? I remember. That's... I remember in Tecmo Bowl, I would take out Bo Jackson, <laughs> run backwards to the one yard line, replace Bo Jackson, run for a ninety nine yard touchdown. <laughs> right, and you would just do that over every and over time. Again. Right. I still don't think I got to 789 so. yards of, of rushing. That is insane. I don't know how you do that and lose a game. Yeah, that's incredible. Incredible. Both both them and Maryland got something to look at. Like, ah, we let that one slip away. <laughs> you would think with that many yards rushing. All right, man. That's oh, all I got. Cra- that's all I got too. All right. Well, hey, we uh, thank you very much for listening. This was cathartic for me. If you're uh, a, it's a always fan. cathartic for it me. Is. It is. <laughs> I need it. it. I need this. Of, yeah. Uh, but anyways, we uh, really appreciate you guys uh, joining in. You hope We hope that you, as always, uh, share and, and send it out into the Twitter sphere and yep. text it to your buddies because we really love the numbers going up and up. We want to continue that, that happening. Yeah. You got anything else, Big Kurt? That's all I got. All right. So for Big Kurt and Jeffrey the Greek, this is the Eyes on Big Podcast, and we thank you a lot for listening to you next week. Later.